Interstate Batteries offers a wide variety of batteries for your everyday needs. Stop into one of their thousands of retail locations and talk with a battery specialist about batteries for your truck, trail cameras, and even those weird batteries for your rangefinder. Interstate Batteries even offers cell phone repair in certain locations. For more information, visit interstatebatteries.com. Interstate Batteries, outrageously dependable. All right, guys, welcome to today's show. Now, on the show with me today is Kyle Davidson. We met very recently, actually, but as soon as I met him, I knew I had to get him on the show. If you want to hear from a guy who is absolutely sold out, passionate about what he does, Kyle is the guy. Now, he makes custom arrows, custom veins, along with an assortment of other archery-related items, and we are going to dive into that, how he got started, what products that he has out there, and why you should seriously consider getting some of his products. So let's jump into this episode with Kyle. You're listening to The Western Rookie, a hunting podcast full of tips, tricks, and strategies from seasoned Western hunters. There are plenty of opportunities out there. We just need to learn how to take on the challenges. Hunting is completely different up there. I've harvested 26 big game animals. You can fool their eyes, but you can't fool their nose. 300 yards back to the road turned into three miles back the other way. It's always cool seeing new hunters go and harvest an animal. I don't know what to expect. If there's anybody I want in the woods with me, it'll be you. All right, guys, welcome to today's show. And joining me on the show today, I've got Kyle Davidson. Now, Kyle and I were introduced at ATA, man, just like a week ago. And everybody was talking about him around this one booth. Uh, a bunch of my buddies were at the half rack booth and they were like, dude, you got to meet Kyle, man. This guy's like a rocket scientist and like the calculations that he does and the the stuff that he makes. He's he's just a genius. And I was like, so you're saying if I want to feel dumb, go and talk to him. And they're like, no, I mean, he's pretty cool still. And I was like, all right, sweet. So anyways, we got introduced and, and Kyle's joining me on the show today. So Kyle, thanks for hopping on. Yeah, no problem, man. I appreciate it. And uh, I tell people, I'm like, I'm not a smart guy. Like people overestimate that. I'm just obsessed with weird things. So like everybody's good at something and this is what I picked to, to just dive down every single rabbit hole possible. <laughs> well, dude, it seems like you're crushing it because hearing hearing from all the people that have ordered custom arrows from you, seeing them myself, like the models that you had, I was blown away. I mean, all of the issues that I seem to have with arrows, you know, like the fletching, just getting tore up, you know, you hit it once or it sticks in the foam and it bends, bends and creases. You can't shoot that arrow until you refletch it. Like you've kind of solved a lot of the problems that people have with the modern arrow, with the fletching, with the whole setup. Um, and you've gone about, I mean, I'm going to let you kind of take over for a second and explain a little bit about what you do, because it blows my mind, all of the stuff that you're involved in and how you really have uh, kind of become obsessed with making an amazing product. Yeah. So when I started out, um, you mentioned half rack and it was uh, myself and TJ Eads, who you, who owns half rack part owner of half rack. Um, we were friends through a previous company that he doesn't work for, but I still do. And we were working on a project together. And so at the time, I was like shooting pistols and rifles. And um, here I'm in Indiana and the range that I have access to um, only goes down to 100 yards. So we were shooting 
me and another buddy were shooting uh, rifles, obviously at a hundred yards. And we were shooting, like we were shooting our Glocks out to a hundred yards, which <laughs> sounds crazy, but like, if it's a perfect range, you know, everything's flat and you know where to hold, it's not like terribly difficult to do. Yeah. Um, but uh, when I met TJ, we kind of got into that point and I was either going to start hand loading or, you know, I was kind of losing interest. It, it's not that it was boring. It's just, you can only go and do the same thing so many times, at least when it comes to that kind of stuff. So he talked to me about, um, you know, getting a bow and have you tried archery and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, no, I did that in high school and boy scouts and it was boring. And, um, you know, the arrow falls off the rest and doesn't stay knocked <laughs> and all that kind of stuff. Cause I don't come from an outdoors family. Like I come from, um, my dad worked around the house and he worked on cars and, uh, we were big. I'm in Indiana. Well, I'm in Noblesville, but Indianapolis, uh, is really close. And, uh, grew up in Greenwood. So just South of Indianapolis. And so we'd go to the 500 every year and it big, huge race fans. Uh, so I raced go-karts, um, from the time I was 15 until I went to Purdue. So, yeah. uh, I raced for five or six years and I raced for a year while I was in, was at Purdue for a guy. And then, um, you know, kind of started going to Purdue and then, you know, graduated, got jobs, et cetera, et cetera. Grew up as you'd say. And then, uh, when I met TJ, he, uh, kind of reintroduced me to it. And I was like, you know, like I said, if they fall off the rest and that, you know, boy scout equipment. And he was like, it's not like that. You'll like it. And I, I joke with him today that like, you knew what you were doing. Like you knew that you were starting me down this rabbit hole. And he was like, you know, he's always like, Oh yeah. And so I, I, he let me borrow a bow. I went out, I shot it and was just instantly in love with it. I mean, it was like, you know, I love shooting pistols and rifles, but now it's like, I get shoot, shoot the same ammunition again and again and again. Yeah. And by this time, um, I was working in research and development. So, um, you know, people would come in with a napkin sketch of an idea and they would say, make this a thing. And I would take that napkin sketch and take it all the way into what could be a production model. So, um, and that involved like learning all kinds of new things because the, the company I work for, working in research and development, you don't want to keep producing the same thing. You want to make new things. And so, um, you know, that required a lot of research and a lot of development, hence the name. Yeah. But as you kind of get into it, uh, as you kind of get into archery, you know, I did the same thing that every beginner does where you go and go to the archery range. I'm like, Hey, I have this bow and the bow that he gave me, um, he didn't have any arrows that were long enough for me because he had his arrows, he had his wife's arrows and his wife's arrows were way too short. So, um, I was like, well, I'll just get some on there. So I go in, uh, they measure my draw length. They cut the arrows, they give them to me and I go out and I shoot it. Love it right from the beginning. Like I mentioned, super quiet, almost like a Zen feel, you know, you're just out there yeah. you can hear the, the wind blowing, you could hear everything and it's just super peaceful. So I started shooting, started getting more and more, uh, repetitive, more and more, consistent with my anchor point and et cetera, et cetera, as, as we all do in my groups weren't very good. And so I was like, something's going on here. Cause I was watching YouTube videos of people are grouping like crazy. And I was like, I know I'm a better shot than what I'm, what I'm seeing. And so I started figuring it out like a research and development. So listening to all kinds of podcasts, doing my own research, reading papers on physics and stuff that I do for my day job and kind of figuring some of the stuff out. And the other good thing about archery is the equipment isn't terribly expensive. So you can, you know, get a, a dozen arrows, you could, you could cut, you know, three of them a certain length and you cut another three of them a different length and different point weights, you know, field points are super cheap. So you can put different weight points on there. 
and really play with these things. And the differences that you see, like your hand loading ammunition, you know, you're looking at sub MOA to, you know, it's, it's how you measure it. It's like the differences are very small but with archery. What I was seeing was there's big differences. And I was really yeah. getting to the point where I'd go too far, I'd go too short. And then, you know, I kind of have this sweet spot and I'm telling TJ about all this stuff and everything I'm learning. And then uh, one time I, I went in and I was like, yeah, I put a new string on that bow. And he goes, oh, good. Was it starting to fray? And I was like, yeah, it's, it was getting pretty bad. And he goes, you had it put on, right? And I said, no, I put it on. And uh, he was <laughs> like, he's just staring at me. And he goes, do you still have all your fingers? And I was like, yeah, you know. And he's like, how did you do that? And I was like, well, I just got one of those little cable vices, which I do not recommend, but got it, <laughs> restrung it. And I was like, tuned it, you know, kind of what I'd learned. And he's like, dude, that's, people don't do that. And I was like, all right. But same thing with the arrows. So I started different point weights, different links, all that stuff, getting them to, to really tune really well. And I was like, man, I'm, I'm a pretty good archer. And I'm telling again, TJ, all this. And he's like, I don't know what you're talking about anymore. You know, it got past the point of his understanding and it's not because he's, he's a super smart guy, but, um, he just, everybody has their strengths and weaknesses and mine is just diving into this stuff really hard. Yeah. So, uh, he's like, build me a set. And I was like, sure. So I built him a set. They did awesome. And then, uh, he was talking to one of his other buddies and they were like, Hey, we could use some good arrows. And so I was like, great, I'll build you a set. And so I was like, maybe if I do this, you know, build a five or six sets a year, I could kind of fund a little bit more of my own research into this stuff. And then as it turned out, those guys were in Illinois and uh, were outfitters. And so they had clients there and they wrote this big thing up about it, uh, about what I'd done. And uh, then a bunch of people read that. And then the next thing you know, you know, I'm building like a thousand sets a year. So it's Jeez. insane how much work has gone in. And like I said, I'm not from a hunting family or even really an outdoors family, but um, just kind of getting into it, figuring out and um, trying to build the perfect arrow is what I've always tried to do. And it's just every set that I build, I learn from, and I, I don't hunt much. Like I just don't have the, the land availability to do it. Plus my son's been sick. Uh, so I haven't been able to hunt really the last two years. And, but I have arrows all over the world, like literally all over the world. Um, and I build, you know, everybody, it's one thing to have a setup that you play with and like your setup, Hey, my setup is perfectly dialed. I know it works because my set is dialed and this, these are my specs. I build from everybody with a, like a 24 inch draw link pulling 40 pounds, you know, all the way up to, uh, guys that have three 60 IBOs that are, uh, 32 inch draws and 85 pounds, you know, it's just a huge wide range and everybody, um, you know, when I talk to them, I talk for like 20 minutes to plus my wife will tell you it's more plus than 20 minutes, but yeah. to find out, you know, uh, I, I ask him a lot of questions, but the whole time I'm talking to him, I'm listening to kind of how, how good of an archer are they? Meaning how much do they practice? Not like you're not good or you're good. It's just, you shoot more, you're going to be better because of the repetition yep. and the consistency you need with archery. So I'm listening to the people talk and, um, you know, what they're going to be hunting, where they're going to be hunting, uh, how they hunt, um, how often they shoot and et cetera, et cetera. And just kind of thinking in my head, okay, I'll make it a little stiffer. He's a really good shot. Um, and then it's like, okay, he doesn't shoot very much. So I'll keep it a little bit weaker because that weaker arrow is a little bit more forgiving arrow. So I, I kind of do all that kind of stuff, but everything I do is physics-based and that way everything's super consistent because that's the biggest thing in research and development that I found is that 
um, isolating those variables, testing those variables, and then trying to keep everything as consistent as you can, which is tough with archery because everything changes. But, um, you know, focusing on that and then, um, yeah, I've, I've got a pretty good system that, that works pretty well. Um, I'm still learning. I always tell people I don't know everything. Um, and I, I hope I never do. You know, I always want something new that I'm trying to figure out and trying to, to get dialed in. So that's kind of the customero side of things. And I build, uh, you know, with a customero, like I, I do custom wraps. And so uh, that was something that I kind of stumbled into as well. And at first, uh, my first wrap was just a pink wrap that said knucklehead on it. That was it. Cause the first set of arrows I got, that was the guy jokingly called the sun that it was kind of a, a nickname as a joke, but did those. And then, um, it just progressed from there. So now I build for, I built for Donnie Vincent and, um, Evan Hafer from black rifle coffee, built set for Giannis Patelis, um, Brad Marchand, Boston Bruins, uh, just a, a bunch of guys like that, you know, just Jeez. really uh, blessed to be able to kind of get those connections and, and meet those people. And uh, yeah, I mean, like Donnie Vincent is legit a friend of mine. He called the other day to ask how my son was doing just out of the blue, uh, which is super nice and super nice guy too. It's everybody that I've met. It's crazy because, you know, never meet your heroes and all that stuff, but these guys are just so cool and so down to earth. In fact, uh, Evan, he called me, and I'm just talking to him like anybody else, you know, Hey, you know, how do you, blah, blah, blah. How do you doing? How'd your season go? You know, we're just shooting the, the stuff as they say. And he was like, Oh yeah, you're, you're a one man business. And I'm like, yeah, literally DCA customer arrows is just me. Uh, I have one guy, Tyler that fletches for me that does a great job. And that is it. I do everything. The pictures on the, uh, on Instagram, the pictures of the products for the inserts, finding the inserts, finding the molders, you know, everything. I do it all myself, my webpage, which is horrible, but, um, that blows my mind that like you just, you just, when you say you dive into things fully, I mean, you have taken this and run with it and you went from like, Oh, DJ going, Oh, you should build me some to a thousand a year. Like, yeah. What the heck, man? That's wild. How long did that take before you went from like, when did you do your first set for him? Ah. that was probably four or five years ago. I honestly, I need to sit down and figure it out. Like, I don't even know how many sets I've built total. I have a giant spreadsheet that has every single set that I've ever built. And so when somebody contacts me again, all I have to do is grab their spreadsheet and I have all their information to to rebuild the arrows, but I just haven't counted them. I mean, just, there's so many that it would take too long. I've tried, I started before and then, you know, there's something else that needs done. So at some point I'll do that. But, um, yeah, it just snowballed really, really fast. In fact, um, so at ATA, not obviously this year, but three or four years ago, I met Bill from Iron Will. And that kind of kicked off a lot of stuff too, because I was building using his products and he um, had some questions about arrows and aero flight and all that stuff. And we kind of bounced ideas off of each other and started building his. And he uh, posted a couple pictures of mine and that really blew up uh, my sales. I mean, it was, it was big. And then, like I said, you know, kind of picked up a few other people and, and that did it. And then now, um, with the custom wraps and, uh, the the pictures on Instagram, which is funny because that's, like I said, that's not, I enjoy the physics more than anything else, but, um, that kind of really solidified it, I think, and kind of set the mark. Um, but yeah, it's, it blew up 
I, I couldn't even tell you when it kind of snowballed because it just happened. Like one day it just <laughs> seemed like I woke up and had a bunch of people that I needed to go back to. <laughs> Man, that's wild. So what you said, you kind of, you kind of, did this out of need on your own you were shooting arrows your your groupings weren't great what did you see once you actually dove into this and started making these custom arrows i mean how much did that improve your groupings yeah so i went from you know like big one foot groups at 20 yards that it just i was hitting arrows pretty quick because i mean like a good way to to test an arrow to see if it's tuned for you if you're in the right path or you could get better or worse, you know, everybody roughly shoots hundred grains. If you shoot 125, same, same thing. You could do the same thing, go up 25 grains and go down 25 grains, just buy them, you know, get super cheap ones off eBay or something like that. And then uh, try them. So what I tell people is to get 12 arrows, unscrew six of them, keep your same weight that you have on three of them, and then just go up and down on three of them and shoot. And obviously uh, get to a distance where it's, you're kind of out of your comfort zone, but you still get a decent group. So like if you could shoot 60 yards and you normally shoot pretty good at 60 yards, um, then do that. Uh, make sure that you're hitting, aim for the same spot, and then just see which which three group better and do it a lot so that you're, you know, over multiple days. So you know that you're getting consistent results and it's not, you know, oh, I, I had a good lunch. I had a bad lunch and I'm tired. I'm not tired. Yeah. Um, and just keep shooting it. And you'll find out, you know, if you're, if you're shooting and you're in the, you're shooting 25 grains better plus 25 grains better than your current one, then you need a, a weaker arrow. So you can either shoot that weight of uh, broadhead, or, you know, you could add a half inch or an inch to the end of your arrow and that'll get you there. And then on the other side, if you're shooting better with a lighter uh, field points, then you can, that means you need a stiffer shaft. So you can actually take uh, uh Oh, sorry, I told you wrong before. Add an inch to it if you shoot better with the 125s and subtract an inch if you're shooting better with the lighter ones because that'll okay. stiffen up your arrow as well. Sorry about that. Yeah. No, that's good. That's so I mean, yeah, my groups went from big to, to really small. That's where I thought I was a pretty good archer. And then it, as it turned out, I was just decent at building arrows. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Uh do, how do you, how do you coach people on broadheads then? Because I mean, like you're making these arrows, you're making the field points, you're, you're putting this whole setup together. And then when they actually go to switch to a hunting setup, how do you yep. coach them on that? Or have you done the research on all the different broadheads to figure out exactly what flies the best? Yeah. So, uh, about a year and a half ago in that range, um, I was talking in, I, I hate name dropping, but I was talking to Donnie Benson and, I had made a, vid- a video, a YouTube video, and it's still out there where I talk about vein noise not being important and uh, because the bow is louder. And I was talking to him and he said, I don't know what it is, but I know that the animals can hear the arrow. I know they can hear it flying. And so we're just talking and talking and talking. And he hunts up in Alaska where it's super cold. You know, there's nothing around. So the sound travels really well. And I told him, I was like, do you think that it's kind of like, you know, the bow tips and there might be something going on and then they hear the arrow and they run. And he was like, yeah. And I was like, maybe like a bad analogy would be like, you know, the old nineties movies, horror movies where the, the babysitter's sitting on her couch, she hears the creak and then she's on alert. And then anything else that she hears, she's gone. Yeah. Same thing with an animal where they hear that bow and they're like, that wasn't right. And then they hear, you know, the, 
the arrow and they're like, I'm out. So, um, he was like, yeah, I think that's it. And then from that, like I've, I worked, um, in a previous job, uh, where we design starters and alternators. And so we designed the fans for those and you don't want a, a loud starter or alternator because it, you'd hear the whistle the whole time. Yeah. And we did for cars as well as heavy vehicles. So if you were in a, in a caterpillar and you're out there, you know, listening to that all day of driving crazy. So nobody wants that noise. So I was like, I know how to do this. And so I uh, got a vein, cut down a new profile that I knew would work. I still have it on my laptop today. Um, cut it out. And I was like, this is how it's done. Job done. You know, I go out, I shoot past my phone and uh, it was the loudest vein I'd ever shot in my life. And so <laughs> after that, I was like, all right, I'm not sleeping for the next two weeks. I got, I got to figure this out. You know, it's like, I'm a mechanical engineer. I don't know if I covered that at the beginning, but like when, when you know the answer and then the answer is not what you know, you got to figure it out. Like it's yeah. in our personality that no more sleep, it's time to work. And so um, I would just cut out different profiles all the time. And um, the, my veins are called super savers because I was, I had my shoes on, I had my Jeep loaded up with my stuff. I was just grabbing the arrows and like my two passions are uh, archery in particular, just arrows and uh, formula one. So like I have me and my sons watch formula one, like religiously because yeah. it's the apex of engineering. It's the apex of aerodynamics. It's just as good as you could possibly get. And so, um, yeah, we, I have a car that he gave me over there, but, um, it's over my shoulder, but, uh, anyway, so I'm watching that. I'm watching a lot of, uh, videos on airplanes and aerodynamics of airplanes and, you know, how an airplane's developed in this, this product development process. And so, uh, one of the ones I was watching was on the F-100 Super Saber, which is kind of a, a Vietnam-ish era jet. And it had like this little, on its tail, it had this extra little dorsal fin. And so it's a regular tail. And then there's a small, uh, shallow angle at the beginning of it. And I was like, oh, that's an interesting idea. And I won't go into why they have it on there, but it's for stability, lateral stability. And so I was like, I'll try one of those that might work. You know, it was like the, the aerodynamic principles were kind of in line. And so I, uh, again, ready to go shoes on Jeep loaded, uh, cut down a vein, fletched it up and let it dry on the way to the range. I mean, like walked out the door with it, shot past my uh, microphone. And at this time I was shooting probably 12 different profiles to try to see if I could get this noise thing. And when they shoot, you can hear the sizzle coming off the that's what it sounds like when it goes past a phone normally. Uh, what mine do though is that's that sizzle and then you hear a and that's it. The reason for that is uh, it's a vortice coming off the tip of the arrow. So on uh, the, the back of like a Max Hunter or a, a Blazer or something, a regular vein like that, um, you have like a low pressure on one side, a big low pressure bubble on one side and high pressure bubble on the other side. And when that high pressure rolls over to the low pressure, that's where you get that giant vortice off the back. And that's what that sound is. Okay. So with mine, um, and if you haven't seen them, uh, you could check out my Instagram, uh, DCA Customeros. Um, and you can kind of see what these look like, but it looks like the wings of an F-18 and they function the same way as a, an F-18. So it has a, a shallow angle that leads up into a steeper angle. And uh, again, it, it's all to reduce the pressures on both sides, but still get the rotation. So uh, to talk about a rabbit hole. So 
during this uh, time when I was figuring this out, I created my own wind tunnel. So I made a, a wind tunnel um, that allows the air, arrow to spin freely and it's about 190 feet per second. So it's, it's pretty fast. Um, it's fast enough to be a little bit dangerous uh, and it's in my garage. <laughs> so that's about where I had to draw the line. But uh, yeah, I could run them and I could kind of get apples to apples comparison between my veins and other veins. I could check the RPM, I could check a couple other things. And then I also uh, ran computational fluid dynamics on the veins. So what that is, is if you've seen like uh, any F1 cars and you've seen kind of how the air moves around it, you can see the air streams. That's what I did to kind of see how the air was moving around this vein <laughs> to figure out how to optimize it. So I did it with, uh, with broadheads, like in my model with broadheads to see what the boundary layer looked like. Um, and then I, I actually checked that versus uh, other people, like a lot of really, really bright physicists have wrote a lot of papers on uh, the aerodynamics of arrows. And I always would kind of bounce back and forth between that to make sure that the results I was seeing were in line with what they had already determined. And it was like, yep, that works. So I know that I'm on track. So I, I used uh, the wind tunnel, I used computational fluid dynamics. And then also, um, you know, when people talk about stability, of an arrow, they talk about like, you know, oh, I go out and I shoot and it, it flies well. That's not like I, in my day job, I can't go into a meeting and go, I work for a multi-billion dollar company. I can't go in there and go, I feel good about this. They'd go, yeah. <laughs> you can't feel good about it. We need numbers, you know, that yeah. show that it's good. Data. So um, yeah, data. And that's what I work off too. I'm like, I have, my confidence is not high enough to be able to, to snowball anybody about numbers. And so when I have a conversation with somebody and it's about stability or it's about aero flight or something like that, I always have to have numbers and data to back up what I'm saying. And um, so talking about stability, I actually use the same calculations that NASA uses to figure the stability of rockets. I used it to find the stability of an arrow. And then I would use those calculations and optimize the shape to get that the highest stability I could. I'd go back to the CFD, I would test it in there, kind of bounce back and forth between those and then take it to the wind tunnel as well and kind of uh, make sure that I was still getting the rotation and some of the other numbers that I knew that I needed uh, for good flight. So when I talk about broadheads and stability and all that stuff, like I know what other veins can get. I've modeled those as well. And then I know that mine, I mean, with the noise and all that kind of stuff are the best. I mean, it's, um, I know you're not supposed to do that with your own product, but yeah, um, like I've done everything that I could to prove that they are. And if there's anything I could change, I would. In fact, I just um, released a new material of the of the veins because um, if you would uh, stretch them or you know shoot them through a target, they would permanently stretch and they would get a little wavy. So, um, found a new material that's insanely good. I've never seen anything like this. Um, I actually just got an email from a guy that did like this whole report on it, sent it to me, and he had stuffed it into a target, and it's just wadded up. And he sent me the picture of it just wadded up in this target. And he pushed it out and just went right back to uh, exactly where it was supposed to be. So it's, yeah, it's just that. And then the testing, like I shot uh, through 60 layers of cardboard with the new veins and four times through a black hole target. Uh, the fifth time I shot it, it stuffed in up to the knock and was just wadded up. I pulled that arrow out. Actually, I have it right here. Pulled that arrow out and uh, this is it. So you could kind of be the judge. It's perfect. Jeez. There's still 120 degrees apart and they're perfectly straight. It's not like they're, you know, a little damaged. The only thing you could tell is there's a black mark on it right there from the Lancaster label as it went through the box. But other than that, they're just 
they're perfect. I've never seen anything like that. So I'm super happy about that and just the durability. And that was kind of the last thing that I wanted to take care of. There's one more thing and uh, to use them right now, you have to wipe the bottom with, with alcohol. Um, and I'm working on a way to, to eliminate that. But for right now, yeah, they, they come in a box, they come with little prep pads, alcohol prep pads, and you can wipe the base of it with it. And that's all you need to do. And then once that dries out, just use 70% isopropyl alcohol, rewet it, wipe it, make sure that alcohol dries and then put whatever adhesive you usually use for vein. You're good to go. Jeez. <laughs> that was a lot. I'm sorry. No, no, that was amazing. And like yeah. hearing everything, cause I got a brief uh, explanation of the stuff that you do there at ATA. And like, yeah. now this is what I wanted to do is dive deeper into it and figure out more of this stuff because uh, just seeing the product itself, I mean, it, it looks like the Tesla of arrows, you know, like you see yeah. it and you know, immediately this is different he's he's no joke about this stuff and yeah you walk around to different booths and i did i walked around to all the big arrow manufacturers out there and i'm like looking at them and for the most part they all seemed like they were within 10 percent of each other you know like it was give or take a little bit like there were a couple of places that were doing the micro shafts now super skinny shorter fletching but everything looks almost identical and then yeah. i see yours and they're like man, you got to go talk to Kyle. And they're like, just look <laughs> at this arrow. And in the half rack booth, uh, I don't remember whose it was. Was it Josh's bow with the arrows or was that TJ's uh, arrows? TJ's. Okay. TJ's, yeah. So yeah. his, his bow is sit, sitting there and they're like, just go look at that arrow. And I did. And I was like, holy cow, man, this is different. It does. It looks like a rocket ship compared to yeah. a horse and buggy. Uh, yeah. And, and I was like, man, I got to find more out about these. And, at that point you had come over and you had your like demo arrows. They're just short. I yeah. mean, like they're twice the length arrows. of a pencil maybe. Yeah. Yeah. And you had those and you're like, Hey, check it out. And you start showing me the fletching and you're like trying to tear it with your fingernails. Yeah. And I'm expecting, you know, it to be creased. And now you're going to have that arrow that does like a big spiral all the way down. And then you're like, look, it's nothing. And I was like, what yeah. the heck? This is, <laughs> this is wizardry. How did you figure yeah. this out? Um, so yeah, I love that you're going deep into all this stuff and the fact that you're putting it all together, you're doing the measurements, you're keeping tally of everybody's arrows that you've created. So when they come back, because I would imagine, uh, if they could possibly destroy these arrows, it's probably more than likely that they lose one that they want to replace it. Um, but you're going to have repeat customers <laughs> and just to have their information logged is that's brilliant. Yeah, for sure. And, and I get a, a lot of requests uh, for arrows. Um, and I'm like I said, I'm it's me and another guy that fletch, but I cut them all and I inspect them all. And so every arrow that that I've ever made has come across my desk. I've weighed and inspected and like, you know, you're talking about it. You can you can hear that. That's me just crushing those veins. So I just roll it in my hand as hard as I can. And then, you know, they just like I did at the booth, they just go right back to where they're supposed to be. Um, but yeah, trying to get through the emails, I would love just to sit around and build arrows like every single day. If I could just stop time, answer everybody and just build arrows, I would do it. And people are like, you need to get more people to work for you. And I, I did at one time, but it just, I can't control the quality to the point where I need to. Yeah. And, you know, people, these arrows aren't necessarily cheap. And so um, I, you know, I'm, frugal with my money, but like I, if I spend the money, I want the, the quality that I'm spending the money on. For and sure. so 
I, I don't want to, um, I know people work extremely hard for the money, not only that, but this is their passion. And so it's like, it's a double whammy, you know, where they triple actually, cause they could be out shooting at an animal. And so I, you know, I want the money, uh, that they spend on my arrows to be perfect. And then I want them to have the best experience possible in the field. And the, the funny thing is I'll get calls from guys that are like, I'm 46. I get calls from guys that are like the same age roughly. And they're like, they call me up and they're like, dude, these arrows are sick. And they're like, <laughs> I, they're like, I'm even almost embarrassed to admit it. But when I saw the box, I felt like I was six years old and it was Christmas again. And I was like, man, that's exactly why I do this. Like I that's spent amazing. all this time on them and uh, I just want to be perfect. And like that reaction is why I do it. And then, you know, to get them and be like, uh, because these days, like, you're just, you're always under impressed. You know, it's like, you hear about a product, you get it. It's like, well, the marketing is better than the product. And with me, like I, I do all my own marketing, like my only advertisement is Instagram and word of mouth. And so, um, people could see what I do on Instagram, but the, the things I love are I get repeat customers like crazy. And then I get a ton of people that are like, Hey, my buddy da, 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 bought arrows from you and he loves them. And I'm jealous and I need some. So it's like, great. That's, I love to do it for that reason. And so, yeah, I mean, it's, uh, it's an expensive thing, but I want it to be perfect. And I, I'm always striving to make it better. Um, I'm not uh, ashamed to admit it or afraid to admit it when, when I change on something like the arrow noise, um, you know, I was like, yeah, I, I, maybe I could do something about that. And then uh, created the product. So it's all, like I mentioned before, I'm in Indiana um, and they're molded in Kokomo, which is just north of me, um, and really good uh, buddy up there that I knew from my previous experience, uh, work experience, and so now I can just run up there, and that's how I found the new material. Uh, a buddy of mine sent me a 10-pound sample of it. I ran up there, and he was like, sure, let's run it, see what it does, and ran it, and, you know, it became what it is, but yeah, I mean, I just, I love doing it. I wish that, uh, that I could do more things. I have more ideas for a lot more products, but um, being one guy and kind of doing what I'm doing, it's going to take a minute to get them out there, but um, there is more to come. There's a lower profile version. Uh, I don't have it here, but I do have a lower profile version that I'm testing now because these are, uh, they look bigger than they are, but they're no taller than a Max Hunter or Blazer. They just have a, a lot more area in the back of it. Again, that's increased the stability, but yeah. Man, I, I'm just waiting for you to, first of all, I'm going to get an order put in with you because I want to shoot these things so bad. It's like, it's like buying the, the Winchester ammunition at Walmart versus like hand loading yeah. your own precision rounds for long range. And so, uh, I'm excited about that, but also I'm just waiting for you to announce, like, you're going to start a bow company and you're going to make the best, <laughs> most energy efficient, fastest, lightest bow out there. Because <laughs> you're like, no, I don't uh, have time for that. I'm good with it. No, no, I'm, I'm not, uh, not in, in the market to do bows. The, uh, <laughs> I mean, there, there's so much more that I want to learn about arrows and, um, there's always, you know, new brands coming out. Like I don't, I don't build with the, my brand of arrows. I customize arrows that are out there. So I use black Eagle. I use Easton. Those are the two primarily that I like. Um, and the reason I like things or say an arrow is good or bad is because I put it on my own spine gauge. So I, I made, I make a lot of my own stuff just because it's, it's how I want it. So I can do it, made my own spine gauge. And so I can, it's super rigid. I could test the spine. It's really accurate, really repeatable. And um, that's why I use those brands. So I'm not like using something that I've created as far as an arrow goes. 
um, and I use inserts that are out there and available, you know, Iron Will, I mentioned, I don't know if I did or not, Bill and yeah. I are friends, but who owns Iron Will? But um, yeah, I'll use his inserts or I'll use, uh, I like the Black Eagle inserts. I'll use that kind of stuff to build the arrow so I can add weight if I need to, and I can increase the weight in the front or I can decrease it just by screwing weights onto it or, uh, you know, using Bill's hit system um, just to really tweak that in. And it, again, it's using brands that everybody's familiar with. You know, some guys are like, I love Easton. I've never had any problem. I always want to shoot Easton. And I'm like, great, we can do that. And so yeah. normally I look at, you know, what shaft would fit your particular application as far as speed and distance you want to shoot and all that kind of stuff. But um, having these brands and these known brands that I can use uh, really helps me out with that. I don't have to, you know, if you drive a Chevy, you know, the quality you get with the Chevy or Ford, whatever your favorite brand is. And so you, you can use that. I just take and tweak it. Like you said, go from white box ammunition to uh, precision hand loaded ammunition. Yeah, man. I'm, <laughs> I'm telling you, it, like what you said about one of the customers saying he was like a kid at Christmas. Yeah. When I saw those arrows, it was just like, you know, when you hold something that's just really high craftsmanship, really high quality. That's re that's honestly what it was. I, it just felt yeah. like this is it. This is this is the Cadillac. This is the Formula One of arrows. And yeah, uh, that's what I strive for, man. It's it's a it's a high bar to set because there's like a lot of really good guys that have been doing this longer than me. But um, what I bring to the table is the science behind it and uh, the ability to kind of do research and development because I've been doing it for twenty plus years. Um, on the veins, I have a patent, and then I also have a tool that the veins are sold at Lancaster, and then the, my vein angle tool is also sold at Lancaster. And what that allows you to do is set up your bits of burger so you can run whatever offset that you want or helical, whatever you'll call it, uh, of, of the vein. And so um, I'm trying to do more things so that more people can build because there's a lot of guys out there that love to do it themselves as well. Yeah. And so, like having the, the vein angle tool and knowing what angle you're putting your veins on. It's critical. I'm, I showed Greg Poole about three years ago and he about lost his mind with it. And <laughs> now he's, I, I gave him a few more at ATA and he's giving them out to all the dudes at Nimes this week. <laughs> so uh, yeah, it, it's fun to, to be able to do that. And then like the veins, getting those out there and just letting people experiment, enjoy the sport and hopefully, you know, make them better archers. That's kind of the, the end result because this is something that not many people do for a living, but they do to relax and have fun. And I just want to increase that experience of them having fun. Even if I don't build the arrows, I, you know, I sell the veins and I sell wraps and I sell points and um, all that kind of good stuff to let them uh, be better at what they do. And not only in the building, but in the hunting at the end of the day as well. Well, and to get that information out there, because like you said, there's a lot of people who like to do this stuff as a hobby. They like to fine tune their own equipment, but the information and the, the R and D that you've put into all of this stuff, it's like most people aren't going to dive that far in you. There's, there's a difference between someone who gets really excited about something and who becomes obsessed with it to the point of perfection. And you've done that. You've perfected this. And so those guys that, you know, they want to make it as good as they can on their own. They still need the information that you have and the development that you've come up with in order to get the maximum performance out of their stuff. So it's cool that you're, you're, in a sense, helping educate and then just giving them the tools to get, to get done what they need to. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, it's, it's selfishly, it's a way for me to be able to fund again, what I'm doing, you know, like when I started yeah. into this and it was like, Oh, maybe I'll build five or six sets and I can experiment with things. It's kind of gone to a different level now where 
I build a lot more sets than that, but I can't um, do it as much as I want to. And so getting all, getting the veins out there and selling those, all that money goes back into kind of funding this insane passion that I have, obsession that I have. Um, if you ask my wife, it's more than an obsession. I mean, I, I literally dream about arrows to this day and I've been doing it to the point where like, I should be not focused on it as much as I am. Yeah. But I think just the fact that people are out there that are really working to try to get better only encourages me to run faster. You know, it's like, um, yep. I don't build the perfect arrow, but I hope to one day, you know, I hope to be able to figure everything out and get it perfect, but striving for that and, and still asking questions and being curious about it, I think is, is the key to it. Um, it's, it's a lot of work, but it's something that I, I love doing. Um, again, it's, I'll have, uh, more out there, more people can purchase that again. That'll keep funding my session. <laughs> I feel like you'd be a really fun dad to have, like your son's <laughs> going to be like, Hey, this would be fun. And you're like, yeah, you're going to put like a bottle rocket in the back of one of these arrows and be like, watch, I can shoot this to a thousand yards. Uh, you just seem, you seem like the, you seem like the kind of guy who would basically be Mythbusters at home and uh, just uh, fun stuff. Yeah, <laughs> it's well, it's funny because my my oldest son is not really interested in it, but he's like insanely smart. I mean, he is in seventh grade taking high school math, and he'll peak out of math when he's uh, in high school like he will not be able to take any more math when he's in high school because he'll be done with it my youngest son is more uh like i am more in the outdoors i was always into the outdoors i just never got to the outdoors when i was young and yeah now that i'm able to go out and be outside and uh to do you know to build arrows and do that kind of stuff i just love it like i can't get enough of it getting outside is just you know i still go to the range to relax even when i'm you know working um on arrows or doing the stuff for dial archery or something like that, you know, it's just always, um, a relaxing time for me, even when it is work, but it's not always perfect. It doesn't always go as well as I hope. <laughs> yeah, no, but that's a cool thing. I mean, like you said, you don't ever want to know everything. You always want something to, to learn in a new Avenue to progress in. And so mm-hmm. I'm excited to see what you come up with over the years. And obviously you've, you've absolutely knocked out the era game already what what's next i mean can you share what's next for you or uh with dca yeah so uh colors i mean with the veins and it doesn't sound like that's a big challenge and for most companies it's not you just add color to the plastic and it becomes a new color but that's not the way i i do it um so the material that i use normally like uh you have a white vein and you have a black vein and i've done this i won't mention the, the company but all companies are like this so it's it wouldn't be um nice for me to pick on one, but I built a set where I did six white veins, you know, three white veins. And then I did another six where they were black veins. And so it was identical arrow builds, just the veins changed. And the difference in weight was about seven grains. And it was because the difference, different colors weigh different amounts. And so with mine, they don't, my white weighs exactly the same as the orange weighs exactly the same as the green. And then I have, uh, more colors are going to be coming out, um, relatively soon, but Again, just being a one-man company, it's hard for me to do things quick. And then for me to do the color that way so that the, the weight is perfect and the consistency of the bond is perfect, always the same across the board, costs a little more and it takes a little more time. But like I said, I mean, um, if you're not trying to do it perfect, then why are you trying to do it at all? It's kind of where I'm at on it. 
Yeah. So I'll have more colors coming out. Again, it takes a little time to develop um, a lower profile version of the vein coming out. And then uh, from there, I have other ideas. It's just uh, whether or not I get, get time to do them or not. Um, yeah. We'll see how it goes, though. <laughs> Man, that that's incredible. It's impressive to hear your story, to hear your passion, how it's developed into, you know, the business that you have today. Uh, yep. And I say passion, I mean, obsession. So I'll just go through <laughs> and edit all of that out in this podcast. But uh, no, uh, I appreciate it. Yeah, it's cool, man. It really is cool. I love I love seeing people who are just phenomenal at what they do, uh, whether it's an athlete or an artist or I mean, you're, you're like an artist when it comes to arrows. and uh, it's, it's truly phenomenal just to hold it in your hand. So I would encourage anybody listening to this or watching it on YouTube to, to go check it out, check out the arrows, yeah. or if you're at a trade show, um, you know, and, and Kyle's there, go talk to him because it it's a treat to see the stuff in person. Thank you. Um, yeah. So what do you, what do you have planned for this upcoming season? I know most seasons have ended now, uh, and you're not like crazy into hunting, but you've got this phenomenal product. And I feel like you got to put it to use, right? I know you've gone out yeah. with some of the guys from half rack a few times, but what do you have planned yep. for hunting season coming up? Yeah. So like I, my youngest son has leukemia. He's doing better. I don't want to like super focus on that but he's doing great. Um, and that's why I wasn't able to hunt last couple of years. So, um, yeah, we'll, we're going to be getting out more, um, hopefully be bringing him. He's super excited about it. He loves watching like meat eater and things like that. Yeah. And so, uh, um, hopefully get out, do a little more hunting. Um, hopefully some turkey hunting here at the end. I just emailed my brother-in-law and was like, Hey, we're, this is going on now. Cause again, I couldn't before. And so I'll be going up to Wisconsin to do some hunting in September with Josh and TJ. And, uh, yeah, I, that's a good time. Cause, uh, last time we were there, Josh and I went out to a stand and we literally laughed the entire time <laughs> we left his parents' house. We laughed all the way to the stand and we never saw a deer because we were laughing. I mean, like, <laughs> like kids in school, we were laughing so hard, uh, that there wasn't anything that was going to come around, but, um, you know, I'm, I'm in it for the the good times rather than the, the hunting. Um, and yeah, if I could do that again, that's great. If I get a, a huge buck, you know, I wouldn't mind that at all either. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, to get out more, do more hunting, uh, enjoy kind of the work that I do. Um, I get a lot of feedback from people that shoot and, you know, I get, I make a lot of really good friends doing this where they send me messages with deer and, you know, all kinds of crazy animals they've killed giant animals and, from Africa and all over the world. So, um, yeah, it's, it's super fun, but I mean, just keeping everything going, try to get the, the, the business side of things streamlined a little bit more. Um, I think that's going to be my, my big push, uh, just to organize things so I can work more efficiently. Um, that's a goal, but I mean, like anybody else, you know, there's probably a lot of people listening that are small business owners that are all facing the same struggle. That's why going to ATA is fun because you could talk to a lot of people in the same boat that we are. And it's like, yeah. you know, uh, Instagram this and Instagram that and blah, blah, blah. And it's just like, oof, man, I hear you. Or, you know, most people that, that don't do that, um, you know, they have no idea what you're talking about, but it's, a, I don't know, it's, it's all part of it. Um, and I've, in, I've enjoyed that side as well, kind of running your own business type things. So yeah, just clean up the business, hunting more, um, getting more out there about the super saver veins, uh, you know, getting those sold. They're 
hopefully trying to get those in more uh, stores. So if anybody's interested in, in picking those up, um, uh, get in contact with me. Instagram's a good way to drop me a DM or something like that on there. Um, and yeah, that's, that's the big plan. What about yeah, yourself? I haven't heard about your, your hunts coming up this year. Oh man, I've got, so I actually leave tomorrow. I've got to decide if I'm leaving tomorrow or Saturday to head down to Georgia. Um, we're doing mm. a pig hunt on Cumberland Island. Um, nice. and so going down with a group of guys who have done it for a couple of years now, this will be my first time joining. So, uh, excited for that. Honestly, all of our seasons kind of ended. I was bummed the other night I went and sat, I was like, man, I've got like two hours. It's the last day of season went out and sat and get back home And an hour and a half after season ended officially. I get a picture of the biggest buck I've had on camera ever. <laughs> and I'm like, of course, of course that only makes yeah. sense. So, uh, I'm going to go out to the hunting property and pull cards check i mean it's a cellular camera but it comes through in lower quality obviously than what it takes and what it saves yeah. on the camera so i'm excited to see like an hd video of this buck and really figure out what i'm working with because in the picture he looks absolutely massive and it's That's a weird awesome. angle he's like completely turned backwards like scratching his face with his back hoof but yeah. you can just see times massive. and mass everywhere so, um, I'm going to do that as far as different hunts this year, I'm hoping to start doing some more Western archery hunting. Uh, I've gone out there oh, with a rifle yeah. in the past and mm -hmm. I'm planning on hopefully hunting two to three States with my bow this year for mule deer and elk. And then who knows what else there's going to be. Yeah. I'm sure more stuff's going to pop up. I mean, I've had invites to go down to Florida and shoot iguanas with a blowgun bow fishing reel. <laughs> like it's literally a blowgun with a reel on it. And you shoot him on like retaining walls and then you reel him in. Uh, he's yeah. like, dude, come down and shoot, shoot iguanas and catch pythons. And I'm like, you guys are freaking crazy down there. I don't know if I can keep up with that. Uh, yeah. But yeah, lots of fun stuff coming up hopefully this year. That's awesome. Yeah. At some point before I get too old, I'd love to go out to Colorado and, uh, you know, get a shot at an elk or something like that. But honestly, man, it just seems like a dream right now. I, I know yeah. a lot of people do it, but it's just like almost un, unobtainable for me right now, but hopefully in the future, uh, that that'll present itself. Was, was it AJ, uh, from Knights of the Apex that was Coda that was telling you about the iguanas? No, it wasn't. Uh, it was actually just oh. a guy. He's, he's part of a, um, pest control company down there. And so they, oh, okay. they ride around on boats and they'll just literally like on the retaining wall in front of people's places, they'll just yeah. go and shoot iguanas and, <laughs> uh i'm like that's so wild uh but man florida i feel like florida and texas are are fairly similar when it comes yeah. to hunting opportunities like the weird things that you can hunt in those states yeah it's it's like a different country altogether um but yeah western western hunting with a bow man you got to try it there's a lot of places that you can get over-the-counter tags you know it's not the success rate in a lot of places is 3% or less for like yeah. a bull elk with a bow. But yep. as you figure it out, as you learn, if you have, if you have any information from a local or if somebody takes you out, obviously your chances increase when you go out there. Yeah. But that's one thing that I'm hoping to do here in the, in the next season is chase after bugling bulls with, with archery equipment. That would just be I, absurd. Yeah. I couldn't even imagine like a bull being, you know, you see these videos where it's like 
10 yards or less away in bugles and you're just like that's that's a an incredible animal that would just be awesome to see in person but the close i i got to be i was pretty close this year to bugling bulls and for some reason they were bugling super late uh it was end of october beginning of november and Mm -hmm. uh i had just shot a bull and i got over to it i was quartering it out all by myself and i can hear right above me on the hill like there was a false summit and so i couldn't see but i could just hear him screaming and my buddy was 700 yards across the valley watching this all and he called me he's like dude you have bulls right on top of you i'm like i know man this is like this is nerve-wracking yeah like these things are loud and my hair is standing up on the back of my neck and i don't know if they're gonna come down the hill like i'm gonna have to tuck in this cedar tree and just see what happens i guess but yeah yeah, they were on top of me and then i think about that and i'm like my my senses my adrenaline wasn't going crazy at that point because i had already killed a bull i didn't have an active tag in my pocket but i think about being in that exact situation with my bow and i haven't filled a tag oh my gosh yeah dude i would have been shaking man i would have i would have caused an avalanche on the side of that mountain with how bad i was shaking (laughs) oh man yeah that i think that would be equal parts almost scary as much as frustrating if they like come down by you and you're like i can't shoot anything oh yeah and then you're like i might get trampled here you know Dude, I'm, or sh- something, I'm like shaking just thinking <laughs> about it right now i'm getting so pumped up yeah so yeah hopefully uh, hopefully you can get out there and get on something with your bow and like i said i'm going to try to do the same thing um and dude hopefully we can get out on a hunt together oh there you go that would be awesome yeah i i'd love to do it i have guys that, that i sell to and they're like yeah whenever get down here to you know australia get down here to arizona and we'll you know i'll show you where they're at and we'll hunt and da 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 and it's like man i'd love to but just uh i can't travel right now yeah again with my son i need to hang out around here um but yeah eventually we'll get it and he's just as excited as i am so yeah um you know we'll we'll probably be out there together he's 10 now so he's got a little bit of growing to do but uh i could see him just tagging along to to experience it so Oh, absolutely. Hey, Someday, go, go with those guys. Don't come with me because I'm going to get you on over the counter <laughs> public land where it's low odds. If you can go to Arizona yeah. and they're going to put you on them, do that. Yeah. Uh, there, I get offers a lot and a lot of good guys, but, uh, yeah, just like I said, just not yet. I can't get out there yet, but I will. So yeah, that's awesome, man. Well, Kyle, thanks yeah. a ton for hopping on. I think you mentioned your, your handle earlier in the show, but for, uh, for those that may not have caught that, where can people go and find you? Where they, where can they connect with you or get an order place? Sure. So my website is DCA custom arrows at, uh, uh DCA custom arrows.com. And then, um, the other one is through Instagram. That's where I posted. I post about now I post a little more than I used to. I post about 15% of the arrows that I build. So, uh, and that's just DCA custom arrows, uh, on Instagram. So those are the best two places to check out what I'm doing and uh, to buy products. Again, they're also for sale at Lancaster and there's smaller shops that are starting to pick up the veins uh, to sell those. So um, that's where they're at. That's where I'm at. Sweet, man. Thanks again. And uh, good luck this upcoming season. Good luck with more innovation and invention. I can't wait to see it. Yeah, I appreciate it, man. And that is going to wrap it up for today's show, man. What did I tell you? about Kyle and his passion for archery, for 
uh, just the physics behind it and it's really cool to see it's even cooler to see firsthand I would love to take a tour of his uh, shop there where he creates everything where he's got his homemade wind tunnel like who makes a homemade wind tunnel it's unbelievable so definitely go check out his arrows if you want something that is going to be as consistent and as accurate as possible you got to go check out his arrows check out his fletchings check out literally everything he makes because it is top of the line and I would say his growth, his sales, the people using it speak for itself. So go check all that out and good luck this season. Uh, if you guys aren't fully wrapped up on your hunts, if you have anything else left to hunt, good luck. I'm about to head down to Georgia for a pig hunt. Honestly, if you're listening to this, the first day it comes out, I'm probably midway through the hunt and hopefully I've got a couple pigs down. So we'll see how that goes. But until next time, guys, get out there and chase a new adventure.